Um, hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the BIHA podcast. I'm joined by someone very special this evening, Nick Ivel um, and Mary Dobbin. Um, Mary, of course, is our special guest for this evening. Um, how are you? How are you guys doing? Good, thanks. And do you, yeah, Nick? not too bad. Good stuff. Not the first time I've been described as special, but <laughs> not not maybe as uh, as nicely as that, perhaps. Um, no, thanks for. No worries, no worries. So, um, Mary, I, I'm going to leave you in Nick's capable hands for a, a minute or two. I think he's got some some questions for you, and uh, and we'll 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 take it from there. All right, let's do it. Okay. Um, so recently, well, Rambo will tell you about this. Th- this year, I, I made the made the fateful move and, and volunteered to uh, to help out and played a little bit in goal. Uh, I did that last year as well, but this year was going to be uh, going to be my big swan song. I was going to play nationals and do all this, but um, I wanted to obviously now as a part of the union and uh, and Rambo as a former former member of the union a long time ago. Uh, I wanted to pick your brains on on what your thoughts are about the mental side of playing in goal because I played in a number of different games over the past two years. Somewhere just been incredibly bored. Somewhere like you just have so much attention that you just wish the puck would go away. And then it, so, some games where, I don't know, you, you just, it, it just ebbs and flows between. And like, it's just like, how do you, how would you prepare? Like, uh, how would you prepare for any of those situations? Like if you were facing a team that you knew you were going to have a lot of action, facing a team that you knew you weren't going to have a lot or a bit of a wild card. Um, yeah, you covered most of it. Um, being in goalie is weird because there's only one of you. Um, I feel like if you're a winger or you play defence or whatever, if you have a bad shift, you can come off, you can kind of regroup. But if it's you that's out there, you're kind of having to deal with it. Um, bad games happen. Bad games happen a lot sometimes. Um, but yeah, you, it just sort of comes to the territory that you are that person. If you know you've got a good game coming up, then revel in it. If you know it's maybe going to be a tough win, then just try and kind of take it as it comes. It's a it's a difficult position to play mentally from that point of view. Um, it's really easy to blame yourself if things do go wrong, but it's pretty great when they do go right. No, pretty good. Um, obviously, you can pretend that Rambo's not sat here right now, uh, and I know he has uh, has had an influence in this, and along with. Uh, from the sounds of it, you've had a lot of people in your uh, in your career who've helped you out in terms of playing in goal. But um, how how different is it in terms of do you do you feel as a goalie that you get supported in terms of coaching and 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 you get enough kind of drills and attention to to develop yourself or or sometimes do you ever feel like you're just the person who has to stand there and just going to take the shots because it's all about everybody else, not you. Um, it depends a lot on who you're on ice with. Um, I've trained with a couple of teams now. None were as good as the Steel Queens in terms of goalie interaction. Um, the Steel Queens were great about it. All the attention that you wanted. We're going to do this drill for the goalies. It was great. I've been with other teams that were less so, that it was you are more of a shooter shooter type thing. But on the whole, I can't complain. Um, I got babied from the get-go because they needed a goalie and I was the only stupid enough person to do it. But Nah, it's, it was good. I, I definitely can't complain throughout my short-lived career. I definitely got a lot of attention. That's good. Um, and then kind of moving on from that, you talked about obviously being the, the willing victim or the person who was crazy enough to do it. Um, 
the the girls team in the northeast like we've been looking around and obviously it, like for every BYJ team finding a goaltender is the biggest problem that you, you'll have as a coach or as a, someone who's in charge of the team and you, you really start from there and um like we we don't necessarily have either either for, for kings or for uh, for the angels next year don't really have any any plans so like what would you say for anyone who's thinking about potentially throwing on the pads for the first time and and like whether or not what what, what would you say to encourage that person that it's the right career move Oh, I'm going to have to say the typical Nike line, but just do it. I spend ages saying, oh, I'm not sure. I don't think I'm going to be good enough. Nobody thinks they're going to be good enough. It's fine. If you're rubbish at it, then who cares? Like, it's it's not the end of the world. At the end of the day, it's the best position out there. People buy you free drinks all the time. It's just great. Um, give it a go. It's If you, you're somewhat willing or hesitant, just, just try it. If you hate it, you hate it. At least you can say you've done it. Good, and then and then final one. Um, I want I want to see what your opinion is on this because like I've got, I've got my own take on like how I feel about this when I'm playing goal. Who coming down one on oh on you? You've got Kendall, Kendall or Nadine's coming <laughs> down on you, or on the flip side you've got um, Freshy McFresherson who started last week. <laughs> Which one would you pick? So, oh. an experienced player, or the the creme de la creme of, of what you could be facing. If we're gonna go one on zero, I I take someone really experienced every time. Um, I always just try to push myself. I'd rather face Kendall in her absolute best just to see what I can do and how you know how much I've developed. And if you know if it's a goal, then hey, it was Kendall. It doesn't matter. She was gonna score anyway. Yeah, massively so. Like one of the biggest things that I found was, like, I I have been in training sessions before where ex- experienced players coming down the ice, and you, you know what they want to do, and you know what you'd want to do, and you kind of have an idea of how it's all going to play out. But when there's someone coming down the ice who, like, literally, they don't even know what they're going to do. It's in it's, in my mind, it's impossible to have any chance. I, I, I've been there before where, like, there's been a player coming down the ice who's tripped over the blue line and then, like, the puck's just <laughs> towards me. But then I've had players come down the ice who arguably have never, ever got the puck off the ice before who suddenly have ripped a shot bar down that you're like, well, that was unexpected. Like, I, I would always go for the experienced player, not only necessarily for bettering myself, but also for probably having a clue as to what's going to happen. Yeah, you're right. Um, experienced players are a lot easier to read, even if they're trying to deke, if they're trying to fake. You kind of know what to expect. And if you do make a decent save, then you can be really proud of it. But I've faced some absolute howlers from some players that could barely get the puck off the ice, like you said. And it, it stings a lot more. It really does. It's petty, but it does. <laughs> Yeah, know exactly what you mean, but um, but yeah, I I massively so until I did it a couple of years ago, I had couldn't even even as a player, never mind as a coach, I couldn't even appreciate what it was like playing in goal, and and like I have such a different opinion afterwards, and I would say even for for just regular players out there like as you said it's about throwing on the pads even if it's just once in practice to give it a go just to appreciate what it's like everyone seems to think it's the oh it's easy like oh you just stand around and like people come off absolutely dripping and they're just like <laughs> they don't know what kind of like it's core, all about core strength and, and everything that you can do and just people 
just don't appreciate it. And I'm sure uh, <laughs> I'm sure you'll be able to speak to that. <laughs> yeah, I initially I always wanted to be a goalie. Um, even before I, it was sort of feasibly an option. I just loved goalies. I loved the whole position. But it does look like an awful lot of standing around, and I think people don't appreciate that the kit's really bloody heavy and even just getting on and standing there is it's really really tiring it's it's all the effort in the world even if you're not doing particularly much it's i definitely recommend for players to give it a go just even to see what we go through oh you, you touched on something else there like uh, i know this year obviously what with uh, covid19 and missing out on nationals i missed out on my chance to play in goal at nationals one thing i didn't miss out on is obviously getting kitted up and unkitted and kitted up and unkitted and putting on the wet kit and, and messing around with it so i am quite fortunate in that respect but <laughs> certainly also for for all the normal players out there who um, complain about oh I'm gonna put my kit on again playing goal once you'll 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 change your mind about like <laughs> putting your gear on like it's I I can remember once um, when we went to Finland uh, we woke up late and got to the ice rink and we were on the ice in about four minutes and managed to do it just about in time but I I I couldn't even have like even un unlace the pads never mind lace them back up and re put them on and. <laughs> I, think- I, I, I will say that I can't fully be a member of the goalie union yet because uh, I, I have normally had two willing victims, uh, I mean um, helpers, who have uh, laced up my pads while I laid face down on the floor. Oh, <laughs> what a princess. <laughs> yeah, well, there's going to be some perks to, some perks to be me, I suppose. It, it was it was the last time that we played, they, they kind of refused and uh, I, I then refused to go in goal, so they uh, eventually... <laughs> got my way <laughs> that'll do it I think but last no, year in uh, Nationals I think it was the Sunday I just gave up and getting undressed between games I'd take my chest harness off and I'd just sit there fully kitted from the waist down because it was far too much effort to get dressed again I was yeah, not popular in the locker I, room that week <laughs> yeah I can fully appreciate that because uh, it was uh, it was an effort put it that way <laughs> you're not wrong there I've never got to the getting other people to dress me level, but you're not wrong. <laughs> no, you, you'll get there. You'll get there. You know? <laughs> um, but no, I like honestly, just uh, I, I would say to everybody out there, just give it a go at least once, because even even if you hate it, you don't like it afterwards. Like obviously, probably pick and choose your time if you are a bit timid to go in. Maybe not chuck yourself in and volunteer to go in on the 18 practice or something like that but um, <laughs> there's always a time and a place to try it and, and definitely I think everyone should do it at least once because it's it's such a it's such a different way to view the game and uh, even like as, as we were talking about before the mental side of it as well I find fascinating as well that it's just so so different that you, you play as a you play as a normal player and you're thinking about your next shift and everything's so quick and the game flies by and you sit there and go and you're in a you're in a different world. Like it's crazy. a very different game. I've had team I've had games where we've won by a considerable margin but I've still come off feeling rotten because I let in one goal off the three that they had. Um it's just a completely different world out there. But at the end of the day, it's so much fun and it gives you such an insight into how you can be a better forward or a better defenseman. If you can see what the goaltender can see, I'd recommend it to anyone. Yeah, massively so. Rambo, you, you want to jump in there? You're, you're obviously part of the union as well. You got anything to add? No, no. Um, I uh, actually, interestingly, have been 
I've spent some of my free time there recently. Some of my free time. I've had a lot of free time. Um, doing a, a goalie um, sort of plan for next year as to what to coach, what we need to focus on with beginner goalies and stuff. So, yeah, this is quite interesting to me to hear some of the stuff. I, I, I the one thing that stood out to me was the uh, experienced player versus newbie, and I, I 100% agree with you guys. If an experienced player comes down on you, you at least have some semblance of what they are doing, and because they they know what they're doing, you might get some cue from them of what they're doing. So, like, you might be able to follow their eyes or something. Um, but Nick, you'll remember this from Finland. Uh, we done this one of these drills where it was like fake shots, and there was only two people that properly scared me, and one was Alison Brain because she and she's one of the better players in the whole camp. Maybe I. One after Alan Adam Perry, perhaps, because she really sold the shot because she's a really good player. And then the other was probably our least experienced player in Harley, <laughs> who scared me because I genuinely thought he was going to shoot at me when I had no pads on. Um. So, so yeah, I totally agree that, that you want to. It's not just about challenging yourself. It's just I think you've got a bit. You've got less pressure. Let's put it this way: if you've got Kendall Vanderveen coming down on you. Than you do if you've got like a, you know the first the first day tripod who doesn't know where they're going to shoot because they don't know where the puck's going either but Kendall does um, so yeah I, I I'm a hundred percent with you on that um, but I mean we're we could talk about goaltending a lot one one of the things I think a lot of the people want to know Mary and it's one of the reasons we got you on the pod is what's happening with the blog <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> Uh, the blog is a work in progress. Um, obviously, there's been a bit of a delay. Um, I had some exams to sit, and it's been about a year since my last proper update. But the blog is in the works. Um, I've been sort of collating the notes that I took um, during nationals and women's nationals and everything like that. It should make an appearance sometime the next week, hopefully. Ooh, there we go. Um, just as well, no one knows we're recording this on uh, Wednesday, the 20th of uh, May 2020, or looking for it all the time. Um, uh, Nick, have you have you had a have you had a read of Mary's blog at all? Did you did you know she had done a blog about starting being a goalie and and that sort of thing? Yeah, I uh, I've read it in the past and, and been through bits and pieces. And uh, I know one of your, uh, your your fellow fellow goalie members at the time, Mark Mark Thompson from the Kings as well. I know he was he was a, he was an avid reader and was involved and was going through similar things as well. So he got no, a guest was, chapter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's a he's an interesting guy, Mark. Sadly, he's he's taken a step away from the game, which I, I don't I don't really agree with, but I, I can understand why he's done it. But um, it's it's one of those things. But he's an incredibly nice guy. He was lovely. I liked him a lot. And um, yeah, absolutely. Mary, just but before we go on to sort of um, talk about all different things in, in this pod about absolutely anything. Um, what what is the uh, what's the the um, URL for your your blog? Just in case anyone wants to catch up on it. Oh, it's babygoalie at uh, WordPress. Yeah, babygoaliewordpress dot com, I believe. I think it's babygoalie dot wordpress dot com. Shameless plug. <laughs> shameless plug there. Um, so, guys, I think we'll stick with stick with the hockey theme for a little bit before we go go maybe off on a tangent here, but. Um, last night I uh, I watched um, a film uh, or documentary film Ice Guardians, 
and they got me thinking. It's it's an interesting debate, and I, I'm I'm interested to hear what you guys think about fighting in the game of hockey and whether it's necessary or whether it should just be stamped out altogether. Or what the situation is. So, um, I'll I'll come to you first, Nick. What what's your thoughts on on fighting in the game of hockey? Quite 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 funnily. Um... Unfortunately, one of the drawbacks uh, that Beth has with living with me is she has to listen to my uh, my patter all the time, um, which is, uh, I can remember we, we did sit down and watch the documentary, and she did get chapter and verse afterwards of my opinion on it, so I am quite, uh, I'm quite well versed on, uh, on giving this, but um, 100% hockey has a massive, massive part of the game in 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 what it does, and for those people who want to see it gone, I I don't agree with it. Like I think it plays a massive massive part in 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 all aspects. Like you, you could pick any part of that documentary, and there's a place, there's a time and a place for it. Like I'm not saying all that bench brawls, the the goon element of it, but in terms of the enforcer. And the role that they play is a massive, massive impact on on the game. It has done in the history of the game, and I'm sure in some way it will do in the future. And uh, and and Mary, what what's what's your views on on fighting in the game? Oh, I'd have to agree with Nick there. Um, I understand people's reservations about it, and I understand from a biological aspects in terms of concussions and things, but. It's just part of it. It's part of standing up for those teammates. Like, you know, there's the argument that um, the likes of Dave Semenko opened up the ice for Gretzky to go out and do his thing. It's it's just part of the game. I don't think you'd be able to take it out and still play the game the way that it's played. I understand the arguments against it. But I just, I think it's such a big part of hockey that it'd, it'd be wrong to try and take it out. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with both of you as well on, on, on this that it's part of the game I mean people are skating around it sometimes especially at the top level up to like 30 miles an hour and maybe beyond that and smashing into each other um, my my biggest problem with fighting isn't fighting where two people sort of have a go at each other and fight or there's an enforcer sticking up for somebody who's just been nailed in the head my biggest problem with fighting is is actually and this, this might be a bit controversial is I think some people that play in leagues that allow fighting that aren't NHLers don't understand it. Um, like so that NHL game that I commentated on last year, Nick, where we both agreed that it was just like two teams full of babies. Um, it was a farce. Yeah. And and I've seen it where guys are down and you know guys try to keep punching when someone's down. They don't necessarily square up to a guy. And it that's when... That's when I think there needs to be a clear understanding, and it, it's, it comes down to the coaches at the end of the day. They need to take their players aside and say, "Look, that's not on. That's not what you do. You want to fight someone, and you think they, they deserve to have their face punched, and then you you square up to them. You don't, um, you know, sucker punch them and then jump on their head. Um, and then I think, and then I think, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. It is about sticking up for your teammates and what have you. Um, and I think if you take it out. People are going to find other ways to stick up for their teammates that are going to be a lot more dangerous than what than two people fighting. Um, so anyway, I thought I, would, I just thought I'd bring that up because it was it was obviously part of it. Um, and interestingly, um, and you guys maybe agree with this. So like, what you know, players you've watched growing up or watched in the NHL and stuff, you remember the scorers, right? 
but you also remember the fighters. Is, would you both agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, they tend to become sort of big franchise players. I, as much as people don't want their kids to see violence, it's, it's, it's players you remember. It's the people that put their body on the line that become fan favourites really quickly. Yeah, and I, well, I also think, like, I look back at, like, watching Buffalo from, you know, back in 2005, 6, 7, 8, and I remember Andrew Peters. I don't necessarily remember a lot of the other players, and Andrew Peters played two minutes a game. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Anyway, that's that that's the sort of highbrow bit of this over because that was quite that was quite a serious answer. Um, the next thing, well, actually, this is quite highbrow as well. The next thing is um, I sent both of you guys a screenshot of it in case you missed it. But um, the latest NWHL team has is released their, their new name, the Toronto Sixes. Uh, what, what do you guys think of the logo? Now, Mary, it's a women's team, so I'll come I'll come to you first and let you get, have your take on it, and I have a, I have another take to to read out to you guys as well. I mean, I understand the name. Um, I think it comes from the Toronto area code or something like that. They're the 16 to enter the league. It's all very nice. I just think it's a weird name. I'm not a fan of it, but the logo is quality. I do really like it. Okay. And Nick, have you you had you had a look at it? Do you would you do you have a take on the on the logo? Do you want my take on the team or my take on the the kind of setup of the league? Um, well, whatever you want to give me. <laughs> okay, we'll go for a take on the team. Um, I think it's a great idea, expansion and and sorting out, uh, obviously giving more opportunities to try and show class what is obviously top quality women's ice hockey and, and, and giving people that pathway that at the end of the day, uh, boys around the world and in Canada and America and these places grow up wanting to play in the NHL and, and girls should have something to, to strive for and aim for too and, and, and have these heroes that they can look up to. Now, on the flip side of that, obviously if you look back into the political ramifications and look at how women's hockey in, in a professional kind of that level's been set up and the and the different aspects and the different competing leagues and all that kind of stuff, it, it's... A bit of a joke, to be honest. Like how someone of of better standing and looking, kind of looking at the NHL and things like that, how they've not kind of stepped in and tried to help for the benefit of the game is 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 beyond abysmal in terms of it. it sh- it's it's long overdue that it needs sorting out. And obviously, you saw that it was one of the one of the sides of the league structure went belly up last year, didn't it? And and they lost they lost the league. In which case, you're talking about pounds and pence in comparison to what NHL teams are making and what NHL teams franchises are worth and, and putting money around. It's it's pretty shameful to be honest that ice hockey can't help each other out and, and support each other to be honest. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Nick there. Um as much as it's a good expansion and it's more awareness that there are really talented women players out there. I think it's the Professional Women's Hockey Player Association. I, I agree with their point. I understand why they're protesting. You know, it, it's not fair that women can't seem to make a decent living out of playing professional sport. And if you are playing the absolute top flight, you should have some sort of benefits like health insurance and things like that and some degree of exposure. You're right. And there is no real 
easy way to watch women's ice hockey. I think they've agreed to a Twitch stream or something like that. Like, I'd love to see a proper unified league in a sort of similar setup that you could actually follow and watch. Yeah, I mean, I um, I think last year, maybe the season before, um, there was talk that they were going to have NWHL TV, almost like Game game Centre, um, but it never came to fruition. No one backed it, which is a real shame. Um, I think, to, to me, and it's one of the biggest problems, is, is the women, female athletes, often are overlooked in any sport, um, but, you know, particularly in these ones that people, and I hate this term, call male-dominated sports. Um, and I, I don't like that term at all. And the thing was, the last two, I always go back to the last two Olympics on this. The last two Olympics, the women's tournament was ten times better than the men's. And no one will tell yeah. me otherwise. It was so much more exciting. Fair enough, Canada and America are always kind of leading the way in women's hockey. I get that. But it was so much more exciting. Um and then the, the the other games which were a bit slow that grabbed tag and and they're not very good and I just think it's it's a it is a real shame that it's not been supported enough and it, I go back he's been slagged off on this podcast before but that David Sims tweet um <laughs> has to be one of one of the uh, you know when Canada went back to back in the men's and they said that no this they'll be the first team in history to do this and then. Somebody was pointing out that the Canada women's have done it, and he said the women's hockey doesn't count. And it's like the women's games have been better than the men's, and you're saying women's hockey doesn't count. So yeah, and no, I get that. I get the the bad side of it. I think I I on a positive note though, I I really like the the logo and the team name's a bit weird. I agree with you, Mary. I I'm not sure. I would have went with it. Yo, I don't know if you noticed, but right at the start when Toronto announced they were bringing a team in, um, they. <laughs> They had a competition um, for t- people to name their team. Um, so I sent them the. I said my team name was the Silver Pats. So they could. I know it sounds terrible. Um, because I was thinking of the St. Patrick's. Um, and then I guess I just had to have a metal because I, I named the Steel Queens. <laughs> You've got a theme going on here. Yeah. So, um, so that was that was, you know. That was my name. Uh, the The name's a bit weird, but I really like the logo, and I, I think it's like a fresh look. Um, but just to, to, to be co- sorry, Nick, to be go. fair, to be fair, it's a good job it wasn't done in the UK because otherwise it'd be like the Toronto Leafy McLeaf faces or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, um, and then they would have overruled it and called them the Toronto David Attenboroughs. Um, anyway, what's the point? Of, what's the point in having a vote in the first place? Um, in truth, I think they were sensible. I don't think they said. It's a vote. I think what they said was, uh, please give us ideas for names and we may use one of those names you give us. So, so they, 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 they kind of, you know, protected themselves in the fact that if there was an overwhelming amount for like, like a bad name, like the Leafy McLeaf faces or whatever, then they could get out of it. So that was, that was sensible. Um, on a positive note about, about, this release and, and, and take it away obviously the bad stuff about the league um, Beth Schoon um, had a take on it and she well her first, her first comment when I put it on the, the BHA page was just the fire you know the fire emojis um, and then she says that she liked it. it was a mix of the Leafs, Raptors and Team Canada sort of logos um, and it would appeal to a wide audience she said even if people don't 
watch hockey, if they buy some merch, it still helps towards funding the women's game, which actually is really positive because if people like the logo and buy it, then it helps fund the women's game. But equally, taking Nick's point as well, I think it also shows that to rely on a new team having a cool logo so they get some funding is not exactly ideal. If you put it on TV, people will watch it and people will get into it because, you know, I know, do we need to see AHL games or do we want to see the top flight of, of women's hockey and encourage more women to play the game? I would say it's the it's the, uh, the latter for me. Um, yeah, that really annoys me when people, um, like, especially when it comes to the Olympics and stuff, and they say, like, oh, if you want to watch top flight hockey, you have to watch the men. I'm like, well... You know, people watch AHL games all the time. Like, they, they sell out stadiums. I want to see how far women can go. I want to see the absolute best that I can be. I want to see things that I can aspire to. It's just really frustrating when people are like, oh, but it's not the same, so I'm not going to bother with it. Yeah. The, the the most ironic and funny thing is, is due to obviously the legal ramifications of insurance and the NHL and the rest of it, is that obviously at the last Olympics, the women were the creme de la creme of their level. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were the elite versus whoever randomly was kind of available for two weeks in Europe who wasn't <laughs> part of the NHL contract. Like I'm sorry, I didn't even I didn't even watch it. It was wait, oh look, that's that guy that played for like the Leafs and got cut like three years ago. Like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh hey, that's that, that's that guy that nearly ended up playing in the elite league. Yeah, hot, hot take as well. Aaron Murphy doesn't help you want to watch any of it. Um, <laughs> uh, and I mean, they, 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 we got past Brent Pope, and then we ended up with Aaron Murphy. Uh, <laughs> I would say that you know that like Aaron Murphy and Brent. You know, some people they have they have something to say. They don't have anything to say, so they just say things. Like I'll never yeah. forget Brent Pope referring to the Canadian coach as being like Alex Ferguson taking a time out. I was like, I don't know what sport you're watching, pal, but you can't take a t- you can't take a time out in football. <laughs> so, so, um, so yeah, uh, I I agree with you guys, and I, I certainly agree that the women's game needs to be brought more to the forefront, and they need more. You know, the NHL could help. It started with six teams, and it's become the best hockey league in the world. Um, for men's side of it, why can't the NWHL start with six teams? have a really good, you know, few years and then maybe expand to 12 or something down the line and have a, a fantastic league and give loads of people the chance to play at a high level, which ultimately would lead to even better Olympics than we currently have, um, as, as, as you guys see. Um, okay, I think that... Has anyone got anything else they want to say on that before we before we move on? Nah, I, th- I think we covered that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um... And now this will be a hot topic for Mick, and because my mum, my mum's staying with me just now because the house with Perth was getting done up, and then COVID struck, so the house in Perth is like a building site um, where mum and dad lived. So she's staying with me at the moment. She made me a cup of tea the other day, and uh, I'm just going to stop listening. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, here we go. She put the milk in when the bag was still in it. And I was really quite cross with her. I, I just wanted to get your take. Is what would you what what would you say to someone who'd said that? And Nick, since you're the Yorkshireman here, um, I'll let you go first. But what was what's your thoughts on this? So even I don't think uh, legally I'm allowed to comment because uh, I don't think Dave would be able to edit out my uh, my comments. But um, 
It's it's an interesting. It's a it's a it's a it's a to take to take the line out of dodgeball. It's a it's a bold strategy. Let's see how it works out. <laughs> yeah, it definitely doesn't taste the same when they do that. I don't I don't know why anyone that says it tastes the same. I, it just it's not right. Uh, Mary, what's your thoughts on that? Do you do you think it should ever be done? I'm just really upset because I always liked your mum. Um, she was a nice <laughs> lady, and now I'm horrified. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, mean, at the end of the day, a cup of tea is a cup of tea, and it's fine, but oh, that's just not acceptable. It, it's not okay. <laughs> um, what got me thinking of is, I remember Russell Howard talking about, uh, like, you know, guns and uh, if they were allowed in Britain, like they are in America, obviously. And I'm not going, let's not open that can of worms, but one of the things he said is, somebody had told him if we had guns, we'd feel safer, and he's like, no, we wouldn't, we'd use them. I went through this list a list of things we situations we'd used them, and one of them was people who put the milk in the tea before taking the bag out. <laughs> uh, so um, I think that sums up uh, the sort of wider take. Now the next thing, Nick, I've just written this down just to ask you, just to get your your quick response here. What's your thoughts on Errol Grey tea? Yeah. <laughs> He's left the podcast. <laughs> Just, I, I, I tell you a little story here. Right, actually, it's quite funny because he's just been messaging me. But my, um, every so often, uh, company that I work for is Canadian. Uh, we get visitors across from the Canadian office. Obviously, come along. Oh, la di da, you Brits drinking your tea, blah blah blah. I can remember once uh, coming in, and, uh, and my direct boss was sat in the kitchen and gets out this little, uh, this little tub, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I brought some, uh, some Canadian tea for you to try." And I was like, "What are you doing?" He gets out this box of Earl Grey. I think I didn't talk to him for the rest of the day. I just walked out and didn't talk to him for the rest of the day. I was like, just don't even... I I hate the fact that work that we... The tea that we drink anyway, without that fish. (laughs) (laughs) Mary, do you you take a a cup of Earl Grey now and again? I just prefer... Just a normal tea. Like a... I think Scotch Blend, the Aldi one, it's my absolute favourite. Just nor- no, just normal tea. Oh, you, you just insulted Nick by not saying that Yorkshire tea is the only tea. Um, obviously, it's the pinnacle. Yeah, obviously. But uh, nah, Aldi's own, it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, well, you can let Yorkshire have their tea. I mean, we have the telephone and television. Um, they can they can have the best tea. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Eurovision. Um, now, I want to start with just my take on Eurovision here. Eurovision missed a trick, all right? Every artist, and I know you were watching this, Mary, I'm not sure about Nick, but every artist had a music video of their song. So why did they not just have a virtual Eurovision for one year only? It didn't even need to count towards where it goes next year. They could have just put all the songs on right through instead of having the artists coming in halfway through and all giving exactly the same message about stay safe, we love you, we must stick together, and all the rest of it. Um, Mary, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have the floor for this one. Ah, uh, I was just really disappointed. I planned my whole year around Eurovision. I really love it. I just wish they they played the music. That's what it's about. It's what it's meant to be about. We know we're meant to stay at home. We're all aware at this point. I think it's a travesty that Iceland can't redo their entry next year. Cause it's an absolute bop. But yeah, I agree. Um, they should have just played the music videos and just, you know, let it happen. And Nick, did you watch Eurovision at all? 
uh, I, it passed me by somehow in in all my in all my obviously busy schedule right now. It, it managed to pass me by sadly, but uh, I am normally quite a quite the Eurovision fan. So, but yeah, why 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 on earth why not? Everything else has been done trying to get everything out of the world right now, and they'd literally got it all right there and just didn't do it properly. Yeah, I mean, does they, they've managed to keep WWE wrestling going, right, by basically, I don't know how they're doing it, I think they're pre-recording it and people are coming in and getting tested. They managed to have a UFC live event, and they can't even do an event that didn't need to be live. <laughs> I've heard that the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race and the drag queen reality show in America has been done via Zoom call. I just feel like they weren't creative enough for Eurovision. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> um, and 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 Mary, coming back to that, um, the Iceland song. If none of you have heard it, um, it's called "Think About Things." I cannot pronounce who sings it, but I'm sure if you stick it in your search on Spotify, it will be the first one that comes up. Is Actually, it's, you know, because normally Eurovision, there's a lot of cheesy songs that I don't like in ABBA. <clears throat> um, but that song is legitimately a quality song. Like, 100% is one of the best songs I've heard in a while. And go listen to it. Think about things. I, I'm not going to try and pronounce the guy's name. Apparently, they are absolute cult legends in uh, Iceland as well. Um, which doesn't surprise me. Um, so... I'll, I'll st- we'll stop talking about Eurovision and uh, the next thing I've got written on my little list is banging tunes. Um, so, uh, so Nick, we've, we've talked about this before, but like you know, um, is, is like music is a big part of sport, I think, or it's not a part of sport, but it's a big thing. You know, like you come together, you got it on in the changing room, you maybe got it in your headphones on the way to the rink, you're listening to it on the way a road trip and stuff. Like, what, what? What banging tunes do you? What's the what? If you could pick anything, what would be the the last song you'd listen to right before you went on the ice? Before you you, you took that first face off. Oh jeez. Um. I uh, me personally, like anything kind of AC DC like kind of something upbeat that's gonna gonna get my uh get me pumped and get me ready to go but then like uh, there's always part of me that for some reason shipping up to Boston always kind of gets in there and, and stuff like that but like I, so talk about talking about locker rooms I'll give you two examples this year so the B team that I coached uh, they took charge of the music as, as, as I let them do and normally they, they rotate around ended up with some of the freshers this year who were on that team and we had to have words like we didn't even after the game we didn't even talk about the game like the game was bad enough we, we talked about the music that they listened to beforehand and pretty much no matter how bad they were on the ice and I just slated them for what they were listening to I was like you guys need to go away and have a serious think about what you're doing with your lives like if you think that's what people should be listening to before a hockey game you, you really need to sort yourselves out and then you compare that to the A team who uh, we had a, a, a more European influx, let's put it this year, than uh, than a North American influx, which um, uh, actually kind of got quite pumped listening to some uh, some Euro trans techno before uh, before games, and also I think it may have scared uh, scared some of the opposition when uh, when they come in the changing room asking for the team sheet and everyone's dancing around to uh, some pretty, uh, pretty techno stuff. Um, and and Maria, we all know that Britney Spears' work it is uh, <laughs> uh, work or work camp <clears throat> bitch. 
is uh, is one of one of your go to tunes. But is there, is there any other uh, any other tunes that you you would like to listen to just before you go nice? Oh, there's a couple, and it really depends what game we're going to play. If it's training, if it's like something serious. Um, Britney Spears is always on there. I always played Shakira before games. It was on. It was the last song that I heard before a first ever win, and so it just became right. Okay, that's the rule. You have to play Shakira before you go on the ice. But if it's a serious game, um, there's normally a bit of Iron Maiden. Um, obviously Shania Twain, because the Steel Queens kind of adopted that randomly. Um, I think it's that first Nationals. Um, there was one. There was one sort of weird month where we kept playing Lock Loman by Runrig and just all running in and out um, in full kit. So yeah, a bit of a mixed bag, but um, if it's a serious game, Iron Maiden Purgatory, for sure. There you go, there you go. Um, I, I was always a big Prodigy fan before games, um, but unfortunately the rest of the locker room didn't like it, so it was always, uh, <laughs> we always had uh, <laughs> Victor from the team. Um, there was this Swedish guy, who probably I've probably talked about him before on here, uh, one of the best flows, like Long Golden Locks, Looked like Hansel a bit out of uh, Zoolander. He was so hot right now, and he uh, he um, used to control it. So we we used to get a mix of like sort of like ACDC, um, you know, all that sort of thing, as well as you know the Jay Z um, Linkin Park Collision course al- album. So we used to get that, um, and then uh, on road trips and stuff, we used to have this guy Mark Swanson. He used to just he used to control the road trip music a lot. And I remember going into Cardiff and he'd put on like this proper gangster rap and it was like, it was about nine o'clock at night. It was really dark. And he, he came over just as I was like, just as we were going through the toll booth, as you go into Cardiff, if you go over to Seven Bridge, you have to pay a toll or you did have to pay a toll, though if you still do. And uh, he stuck a pair of sunglasses on the head. So I looked like the biggest douchebag ever rolling up to the, uh, to the pay window. And... Um, and of course, I made matters worse by playing along with this. And uh, as I pulled in and rolled the window down, I went, "What's up to the women?" <laughs> oh dear, um, good times. But being dark, wearing sunglasses when it's dark, yeah, no, that was that was the levels that we went to. Um, inter- interestingly, like we've been on a lot of road trips. I don't, everyone's been on a lot of road trips, but. Um, both both you guys will have been road trips and Nick, I don't think I've ever asked you this, but what what's your like one of your funniest or, or favourite road trip memories from the actual trip, not from not from the game? Oh, um That's a hard one to put on the spot. There's there's literally so many. There's so many that probably aren't broadcastable in public. Um so we'll 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 rehab this conversation not live. Um uh, what was one of the best ones? I, I can always remember. Um, we were it was early days of Kings. Might have even been the first season. Uh, we we'd gone away on this bus trip. I think it must have been D side on a usually a Friday night, wasn't it? Rambo, thanks. Yes, yes. So was a Friday. It's not <laughs> yeah, my fault. D- it was a Friday night. <laughs> Uh, it used to be a Friday night trip to D side or whatever it was, and obviously you're coming home at about five a.m. and you look at the look at everyone's doing the AA route planner and Google Maps, and it's like you're going to Newcastle at eight a.m. It's like oh, this is excellent. Um, going along, and can remember just at this one point being like, hey, you've all you've all been there on the road trip where it gets a little bit like somber on the way back, doesn't it? And everyone's the lights are off, people are falling asleep, but then there's always that one person who's awake and. You're always looking around and seeing what's going on, and 
out of nowhere, you just get this funny smell, and I'm like, does anyone else smell like baked beans? And I turn around, and, and Rich Turner is, is, is sitting there with a Heinz can of baked beans just ripped off the top, and he's pouring into it, pouring into it like this Mexican, but well, I'll, I'll tell you, there, there's a, a rather popular burrito chain in Newcastle called Zapatista, and basically he'd been in there and he'd stolen the hot sauce because it had still got the wooden topper in it, and he was pouring this hot sauce into it, and it just smelt awful. And this is at like 5 a.m., coming back from coming back from Wales, and you're just there like, what am I doing with my life? Why, why am I here right now? Like, what is going on? And I can always remember that as one of the... I, I've never, I've never been on a bus which woke up so quickly in terms of just. <laughs> that <one really. laughs> oh dear, um, Maria, have you, have you got? I mean, I think I've been on most of the road trips you've been on, but I've not always been in the bus with you or whatever. Um, there was the famous time the bus broke down, which I think most people <laughs> know about. But um, what's, what's your sort of funniest or fondest road trip memories? Oh. There's loads. There's loads that I'll get in so much trouble for telling people. Um, there's one that I don't think she'll mind too much. Um, Lynn Sinclair, who's our bestest friend in the Steel Queens ever. She's absolutely brilliant. Um, we decided one Nationals we were going to try and find her a husband. <laughs> it was a really weird late night conversation that ah, we're going to try and marry Lynn off this weekend. This is, this is the plan. And her and I were responsible for driving the kit van back home. And... I'd wind her up the whole way back, and bless her, she was trying her hardest to drive. I was been an absolute nightmare. And I'd taken a picture of the side of the van, which said, hire me for the weekend, or, um, and I gave a list of prices, um, by the hour or for over the weekend. <laughs> and so I sent it to Rambo and said, oh, I've taken the Lynn advertising strategy up to a new level. <laughs> but she sadly saw my phone and fell out with me for a good 60 miles. <laughs> bless her, she didn't appreciate it, but I laughed the whole way home, it was great. Yeah, I think that got that, that became part of the Nationals coverage on the last weekend as well. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Lynn was absolutely blittered, so they sent her away at one point. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, road trip, obviously I've, I've been alone on this earth a bit longer than both of you, um, but I've had some road trips. I remember going to one, come back in the snow and thinking we're genuinely going to die. Um, but one of, one of my favourite favourite road trip memories was uh, going, we were coming back from Coventry I think it was, back when Coventry and Warwick were in the north um, which is quite lovely and uh, we stopped at a service station and the first thing that happened I remember is we went into the service station and there was this one guy and he was taking forever so we all like basically lined up outside the service station door um, like like a firing squad with snowballs because it, it had been snowing um, and this guy came he realised this, and he came running out with a shield. What we didn't realise was the shield was one of these, you know, like, buy a galaxy chocolate bar uh, pop-up, cardboard pop-ups. Um, so that was the first thing that happened. I remember just as we were leaving the service station, and I got a tap on the shoulder from Neil Dolan, who was always a bit of a joker, and he was like, Rambo, slow down. So I pulled the bus down. He jumped out the bus while it was still going about two miles an hour, ran absolutely rugby tackled this snowman right into the ground, blittered it everywhere, ran back in like it was like, you know, it was like, go, 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 you know, like we, we some kind of uh, SES operation. But what I remember most about the road trip is getting back to Edinburgh 
letting everybody off and then turning around and not realising that we had brought the galaxy sign home. It somehow ended up in the bus. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that was probably one of the, one of the funniest road trip memories I I remember, and, and all in good fun and, and good times. So um, yeah, guys. Uh, last thing that I have written down um, is uh, is and obviously this might be hard to keep clean. What is the worst chart you've ever had? Um, I'll start with you, Mary, because I, I think yours might be clean, um, although we might need an interpreter for the Neds tonight sort of thing. <laughs> uh, so I'll start with you, because Nick has probably got a lot of things to think about before he, he gives his to see if it's broadcastable. I don't have any clean ones. <laughs> Is this the worst in terms of, like, just crap patter, or worse in terms of, nah, that genuinely stung? Uh, well, well, why don't you give me? Uh, I, I was looking for crap patter, but if you want to give me the other one as well, that's fine. But give me the crap patter one first. Oh, crap patter is hard. Um, I think there was one game. It's not particularly inventive or even that funny, but there was one game against the Nottingham Mavericks women's team and a player who shall remain nameless because I I don't genuinely know her name, but she skated past me. And she went, "You're not very good." <laughs> We know this. It's fine. Like, it was the lack of creativity that really let me down. Um, in terms of sheer brutality, I was once training with um, the Coat Ridge Red Wings. And it was my first ever session with them. And I was just having an absolute howler. And as I was coming off the ice, I overheard one of the guys saying, I think we'll just keep the tarp on next week. <laughs> oh, that is cold. That is, that is properly, um, properly cold, that one. Um, Nick, what about what about yourself? Have you found have you found one in your head that is? Right, uh, right. I've got three for you. Okay, three different three different things, slightly different. Like whether you want to determine it as crap patter or or good banter or whatever it is. So three different scenarios. The first one is um, you'll remember when uh, it must be what three years ago when Kings were in Div One and I played and we were playing a certain Southampton team. Yes, yes. I can remember. I can remember skating around for an entire shift with a with a certain Mr. Mog, basically bribing him not to kill me. Basically, mm. in terms of just just telling him like I offered him baked goods or whatever 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 he wanted, basically to just not end my life right there and then because uh, I had a lot to live for. Um, so that so that probably would have been on his highlight reel of, of shit patter. Looking bad sorry, patter. before we go on, looking back um, over those years. Um, did you did you indeed have a lot to live for? <laughs> uh, I mean, are you are you satisfied with what you've lived for since then? Well, yeah, obviously, uh, I'd be pretty good to be missing out on the COVID nineteen pandemic because this is a highlight of everyone's life right now. <laughs> Sorry, go on, go on, you, you have more. Okay, then uh, what was the uh, the second one I was going to go with? Um. I can't remember the third, but I'll go with the second one. Um, oh, no. Yes, I do remember the third. So uh, I can remember we were playing an away game up in Edinburgh. And uh, I'll, for the, I'll, 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 I'll make sure that these people remain nameless. But uh, one of, one of, like, you'll have to tell me whether or not you think this is good patter. Uh, one of the Kings players got a, got a two-minute penalty. It was escorted, obviously, over to the uh, far side of the ice at Murrayfield. 
Um, in which case, obviously, uh, a timekeeper who both of you two know very well um, asked him what his number was, just innocently, obviously, just putting down on the penalty sheet. In which case, he turned around, not even didn't even blink, just turned around and went oh seven four one. Listed off this one. It's honestly one of the best things I've ever seen. So that that probably goes in the good column. Uh, and then probably just to finish off, um, I will name this guy because he is a bit of a well-known character, Mr. Mr. Dan Steele, obviously well aware of uh, a fame. Uh, can remember playing Newcastle a number of years ago, in which case they had a, a rather unfortunate gentleman who uh, Mr. Steele took a shine to in terms of his uh, personal appearance, um, in which case I can remember as a centre lining up and Mel skates in between us to drop the puck, in which case, like, Dan just, before the puck's even dropped, Dan just goes, stop, stop, stop. So everyone turns around, like, what's going on? And he just goes, you are <coughs> awful. Uh, and just berates this guy's personal looks to the point that actually he, he asks the other winger to swap sides so he doesn't have to stand next to it. And honestly, every single person who was on that ice just kind of turned around and was like, is this is this banter? Is this real? Like, wh- where's the line with this? And, and to this day, I, I to this day, I've asked him about it numerous times. He, he honestly meant it. He's honestly meant it. It's one of the most cruelish and harshest things I have ever seen. Like, he continued skating around for the for the rest of the shift, berating the guy, but I, I don't think I've ever kind of played a full shift while while laughing the whole way around before, but that was uh that was something else. I've never I've never actually had to delay a face off and, and stop a face off just so someone could swap sides because they didn't want to stand next to the other person because they just couldn't stand them that much. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, no, that's that is bad actually. Um, I remember in terms of in terms of absolutely terrible chat. Now there's there's something that guys do to themselves. Um, I'm trying to think how to say this so it's broadcastable. But there's some guys do to themselves, and sometimes when you're calling someone a name, you call them that thing with an er on the end. Does everyone follow? Mm-hmm. Right, okay. So um, we were playing a game up in Inverness. Uh, it wasn't me that called this guy a name. One of the guys called the, the guy the thing with the ER on the end. And the guy's response was to turn around and say, yep, yeah, well, I'll do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Which obviously, obviously backfired on him greatly. Um, so that was possibly the worst, the worst sort of chirp of... Uh, I've ever heard. Um, I mean, I've given some pretty bad chirps myself uh, uh, at times. Um, I remember telling someone from air to go back to school. Um, don't know why. It didn't make any sense. Probably a very well-educated uh, person. Um, or at least knew how to pick a lock, being from air. Um, you know, it, it, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've had my fair share of bad, of bad chirps at the time. Um, but that was that was one of the worst ones when the guy responded, "Well, I'll do that to you, basically." Um, so um, before we go, I don't know. Did any, did any of you catch the uh, the meme thing that I put up yesterday on the on the page? No, I don't think I saw it. No, Rambo. Sadly, I, I can't keep up with your social media output. It's just in like incessant. I just can't. I just can't keep up. Fair enough. Um, so yesterday I put up a. a 
a meme challenge for folk to, just to get a bit of engagement with the page because I haven't put anything up in a while. I'd ran out of trivia. Um, <laughs> I started to scrape the bottom of the barrel with trivia. Um, so, yeah, I, I, fired, I fired up a, a thing just to say, like, post your funniest memes, which Manchester originally took to mean post memes that are, are pre-game memes that they've done. Um, now, one of the things that I think is a real problem today is is an unrealistic uh, self imagery. When you when you hear the name Metro, what do you think of, Nick? What do you think of when you hear the name Metro? A lot of things. Um, just just a unreliable train. <laughs> a train, right? Okay, fair. Um, Mary, do you, do you know what the metro is in Manchester? Is that their tram system? I'm not sure. What's it's their... their? It's their tram system, right? Which probably has a top speed of about 30 miles an hour, maybe 40. <laughs> okay. The Manchester metro memes just sort of put themselves as being a freight train. <laughs> and if they were called, if they were called the Manchester freight trains, I wouldn't have an issue with it. <laughs> but honestly, some of them, uh, the, the, there were some of them that were pretty good. There was one where they slagged off Leeds, which was pretty funny. Um, there's one, there's one with the Kings, Nick. I don't know if you know about this one, uh, where the Kings are lying on the tracks and then the trains coming towards them. <laughs> uh, so there's there was that one, and then obviously London came and they stepped up their, they put all their memes from their thing on. Uh, and tried to try to goad Manchester into a meme war, which didn't work out. Um, so yeah, it was quite it was quite uh, it was quite good fun. But um, yeah, the Manchester freight train thing just tickled me somewhat, and I just wondered what you guys thought when when you heard the name train. Um, so yeah, that's that's that. So I think we've covered quite a lot tonight. Um, you, Mary, do you want to give the the address of your your blog again? Um, it's babygoalie.wordpress.com, I believe. Okay, and there's new content due out in that by the end of May, you reckon? There should be by the end of May. That's that's a reasonable estimate. We'll go for that. Okay, and just before we we both we all go, um, what's uh, Nick, wait, hold on, I've got a question. Okay. Why why do you not have a blog, Rambo? Yeah, Rambo, why don't you have a blog? That's you great. Do everything else. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen I've, I've seen you trying to teach a, teach teach the dog how to high five. <laughs> he can high you five. Like, now. <laughs> you seem like you've got a lot of free time on your hands. Maybe maybe a blog is is what you need. Well, at, at the moment I'm I'm doing a task for Mr. Miller. Um, I'm not sure I'm allowed to tell you what the task is on the podcast. Um, so I'm, once I've finished that, which should be this week, then I'll uh, maybe start a blog. I did actually start a blog. I think it was a year ago or two years ago, because um, it was 15 years of the Eagles. And then the Eagles asked me to, like, so they could put it on their website because they didn't have any content from their website. So that, that essentially was my blog on the Eagles' website for a while. Um, but I haven't, I haven't updated it in a wee while. So maybe, maybe I should have a blog. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I'll do that in amongst all the other things I do. Um, but the dog can high five now. Um, and also, um, I've been playing uh, ball hockey with him, uh, Nick, in the in the garden. Um, and I, I can I can tell you, he's a better defenseman than you. So, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, you play forward, well, but 
to be to be fair, Rambo, you you you've actually just cut me off from making a very comment which I probably want to get in trouble for. So so thank you for that. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, what well, just before we we go and stuff, uh, like what, Mary, what's uh, your sort of situation at the moment? You you um got any plans for the week ahead? Obviously, it's uh, for low time or whatever. But uh, what 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 you got in store for the rest of the week to keep yourself occupied? Nothing planned as such. Um, I'm trying to get my 5k time slightly better, so going out for a couple of runs. Apparently, I'm finishing the blog off this week, so I need to work on that. But yeah, nothing planned, but just taking it as it comes. Mm-hmm. And was Aquaman worth watching the other day? Um, it's an oh. excellent film. You should check it out if you've not seen it. It's really quality acting. Okay. And Nick, as someone who's a bit of a film buff, do you think that Aquaman, the recent DC film, is actually a good film, or was Mary watching it just because of Aquaman? I, I, I think that may have played a small part in her decision, I'm, I'm guessing, but obviously it's there for the, the quality acting. Fair enough. Um, and Nick, what have, you got, what have you got up for the rest of the week? Um, I don't know. Probably, I don't know. Plan like a small military coup of a small country, maybe or something like that. <laughs> um, so basically, um, you just a normal week for you then is is what you're. What you're yeah, saying. yeah, pretty much. Cool, cool. Um, Blaze actually just came in to the room. Uh, I think he's wondered where I've been for the last hour. Um, he didn't high five me though, so he's left me hanging. But- <laughs> um, so yeah for the rest of the week I've got um, we've got this our mad goalie coaches doing all these classes with us so doing a bit of that and then uh, having some drinks on Friday family quiz on Saturday and then uh, chilling on Sunday like Craig David um, with a slightly less entertaining week before that <laughs> Uh, so that's that's my week. So um, before we go, Mary, as the guest here, uh, is there anyone you want to give a, a big shout out to on the podcast, and then you can make them listen to this? Oh, it's gonna have to be um, my other half, Aiden. I've not seen him in a long time, so yeah. Hi, hope, hope you're keeping all right. Maybe I'll catch up with you one day. <laughs> okay, and that's of course because Aiden. Uh, Aiden and you are, are separate just now because of because of the lockdown. Uh, Nick, you, you're you're yourself. Anyone you wanna wanna give a big shout out to? Well, then probably probably the only person outside of uh, our select viewership that we know about. Uh, I might as well say hi to my mum. I haven't I haven't spoke to her since last week, so hi. Because she'll probably listen to this before I speak to her. Oh, and you can tell. Oh, and if if she does listen to this, um, can. I tell you that I've tried a bit of bacon um, during this time, uh, largely because you know I went cold turkey this April uh, because of the lockdown. And uh, can I just tell you, compared to your bacon, it is absolutely terrible. So uh, I'm looking forward to the world uh, coming back properly. Um, so as always, folks, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, if you made it this far, the uh, next special will be with Matt Diabol. Um and then Nick and I will be back at some point. Um, so it is always, it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me.